I'm going to open us with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll let you take it away, Chip. Yes, sir. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for uh, plans that you uh, have for our lives, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. And so, God, during these days, we ask that as so many are looking uh, for so many other things to provide that hope that they're in search of, God, we just pray that you would fill that void, uh, give them hope like nothing else can. Thank you for Andy and for Chip and for the men and women on this call. We pray, God, that you would continue to use them, continue to use uh, our sports platform to make you known among men and women, boys and girls. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Chip, take it away, brother. All right. Well, first off, I want to say thanks so much to Jamie and uh, Coach Moore for giving me the opportunity to to be on and and, uh, be here today. Uh, And FCA is amazing, and I've been blessed and fortunate to work beside some amazing guys uh, that do great work in FCA, and I know the impact that it makes on the kids, but not just the kids, but the the adults as well that's blessed to be around those those men. And uh, and again, you know, to Andy, thanks so much for the opportunity uh, to be here with you and to talk life and faith and and everything with me this morning. So I just want to start off by saying thanks to everybody first, but we'll just dive right into it. Um, uh, Andy, if you don't mind, just talk to us about your life story. I mean, you know, just kind of track, you know, where you're from and uh, track your story till, till now, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll try to try to roll, roll, roll through, through that. Um, well, I, I was born, you know, if, if you don't know a lot about me, that's what I'll do. Just kind of take you through some highlights of, of my life. I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, my dad mm-hmm. was a police officer there. My mom uh, was just, a, was just a housewife. And, uh, we were involved in church. Uh, I have a strong Catholic uh, background um, and went to church every Sunday, went through, you know, catechism, all that stuff that you yeah. do with, with, with the Catholic church. When I was in fourth grade, we moved to, uh, to Houston, to, to Deer Park. Uh, my dad got a job over here at a chemical plant. Um, and he moved us over here just for a better life. He was in, in, like I said, in the police force in Baton Rouge and, and, and was kind of worried about the way things were kind of going over there and wanted to kind of give me and my sister just a, hopefully, a, you know, a better opportunity, uh, you know, and, and, and so packed us up. He actually moved a year before we did and started working and, mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 uh, Deer Park, Texas. Uh, at that chemical plant and so anyhow we moved over in fourth grade I moved over got real involved in sports wasn't really involved in, in a whole lot of sports when I was in Baton Rouge but my dad signed me up to play baseball and I took uh, you know really took a liking to it and, and had some success and played football played basketball kind of played all the sports when we moved to uh, to Houston um, my dad coached me um, when we moved, I, we were still going to a Catholic church, uh, when we got to Houston. And when I was 11 years old, my sister, I have one sister, uh, she's older than me, three years older. She got invited by a friend of hers to go to a, a church revival. I don't even know if they really do church revivals anymore, but back then when I was that young, I heard about church revivals and you'd have church on like a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Yep. And they'd bring in a life. special preacher. 
And so anyhow, so um, my sister went with a friend of hers and she ended up accepting Jesus Christ uh, at that church revival. And she came home and asked me if I would go with her the next night. They were having another, you know, service the very next night. So I went, um, it was the first time that, that I had went to church and I had heard the Bible kind of preached to me and I heard that I was a sinner and I needed to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And man, the, the Holy Spirit just worked on me uh, as an 11 year old boy. I remember walking the aisles like it was yesterday. Uh, the pastor leading me, showing me in the Bible uh, what it means to be saved and try to help me understand that. And, um, you know, was convicted, you know, as an as 11 year old boy to the next Sunday to go and, and just I wanted to be baptized. Also, they talked to me about being baptized and burying my old life and being raised in a new. And for me and my sister accepting Jesus, uh, we ended up having our parents ended up coming to that church. And we started going to that church and my mom ended up accepting Jesus and and my dad got very involved and and uh, in the church. And so church just became a huge part of our life uh, from that moment. And I mean, what a blessing and yes, that has been for me and, and my family uh, just through a friend of my sister, you know, knowing, uh, inviting my sister to go to church and, you know, we becoming, all of us becoming Christians and, and living for the Lord. And so that kind of, you know, is where I found faith uh, and just kind of, you know, was going through life, going to church, you know, uh, faithfully. Um, I got invited when I was 15 years old to go to another church. It had a real big youth department uh, and by a friend of mine. And that is where I met my wife still today, Laura. Uh, her dad was the pastor of this church. So I was 15 years old. We met and me and her have been together since then. Um, so I dated my high school sweetheart, got married to her and we've been married on him. I don't want to throw out. I can't even remember exactly how many years now. I think it's 27 years, something like that now. So we've been married a while. Uh, but we, you know, grew up uh, in Deer Park there. That's where I played high school ball. Was very involved in my church. Um, had a, a good high school career. Um, but just for if, you know, there's kids, any, you know, kids, I love talking to them about it. I, I wasn't uh, an immediate success. You know, um, when I was a sophomore in high school, most of my friends or a lot of them that I had grown up with that I had played with in little league that I thought that I was just as good as, uh, you know, and you know, you start comparing yourself to your friends and stuff like that. Uh, several of them were on varsity and I didn't even make the JV team as a sophomore. I, I was on the sophomore team. So my freshman year, I was on the sophomore team. And my sophomore year, I made the sophomore team, which was very discouraging to me. I almost wanted to quit uh, baseball just because I was like, well, if I can't be on at least even the JV team as a sophomore, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I'm not any good, you know. So, so anyhow, I, I hung in there uh, and junior year really started to grow. I, I was my sophomore year in high school. I was five, six. Uh, so a little short, little chubby left-hander, but I was getting guys out. So I still felt like I was doing pretty good. I played nose guard on my football team. So that was, that was, you know, uh, so after my sophomore year, I retired from football because I was just tired of getting beat up. So, so anyhow, just 
high school was great. Had a good junior and senior year. I was on varsity those years. Uh, had the opportunity to go play college baseball pretty much anywhere I wanted to. My parents really didn't push school, you know, on me. So I decided to go to a junior college. Uh, I was drafted out of high school by the New York Yankees in the 22nd round. And when I got drafted, I kind of got my eyes on pro ball, you know. And so I, I decided – I signed up with the University of Texas, a uh, four-year college, to go play baseball there. But once I got drafted, I, I wanted to go play pro ball and I decided just to go to junior college for one year. So I went to San Jacinto Junior College for one year, uh, played there, and then signed as a free agent with the New York Yankees um, when I was 19 years old. So pretty quick, you know, pass through the minor leagues. Uh, I was married. Um, I had – we got married at a young age. Uh, I think I was 20 years old when I got married. Um we were in triple-A ball, and I had a son already, so we're trying to play minor league ball with, with a kid and um, end up making it to the big leagues. I uh, went to spring training with the Yankees. Uh, my first big league camp with, that I got to was in 1995. We were in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I made that team out of uh, spring training. And, you know, kind of the, the rest is history. I was able to play uh, from 2000, or 1995 until – 2003 I played with the Yankees uh spent three years with the Astros and uh went back to the Yankees uh and played I think another five years there and so that's kind of you know a, a run through uh my life and and I retired for one year in 2011 uh and went back and played 2012 2013 I felt like God was just kind of really just telling me, Andy, you know, are your boys good? My boys were getting to an age where they were about to be, uh, oldest was about to leave high school. And, mm-hmm. and God was just kind of talking to me and telling me, man, are, are your boys, are they, are they growing to be the men that you need them to be? And I started having some questions about that at times, you know, God would kind of talk to me about that. The spirit would kind of talk to me about that because I was gone so much. Um, baseball was a great life. Um, but you're gone an awful lot from your family. You travel an awful lot. And I've got a wonderful wife who did a great job with my kids. And um, so, you know, that's kind of a, a glimpse. If you wanted to hit, you know, take me back on somewhere on there, you wanted to cover, but that's kind of like a run through, you know, of my, of my life. I've got four kids. I need to bring that up. I got an oldest son is, is 25. Um, I've got a grandbaby. Uh, it's two years old. So, I mean, I'm, I'm about to be 48 years old and I got a two year old grandbaby. Uh, and, and so that's pretty interesting. And my, my second son is 21. Um, he just graduated from the university of Houston and he is going to be transferring and going playing baseball next year, uh, at Dallas Baptist. He's a grad transfer. He's going to go play baseball at Dallas Baptist. My daughter is at Dallas Baptist. She's playing volleyball and she's 19 years old. She was a freshman this year. And then I have a 14-year-old son still, a freshman in high school, uh, Luke. And uh, so that's interesting. I got a grandbaby and I got a freshman in high school. So it's kind of, you know, ends the spectrum. Poor Luke doesn't get as much attention as, as my other kids. So, so anyhow, that's kind of a, just kind of a snapshot of, of yeah. the, Pettit, the Pettit, Andy Pettit's life and, and a glimpse of that. If there's anything that you wanted to recap on that or whatever, I'll just uh, shut up for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, that's good. That's a great rundown. I just wanted to kind of give everybody an idea of, you know, who you are, where you're from, uh, you know, a little bit about your past. Um, but, but really, I think the things that stuck out to me were, you know, the firm foundation, you know, and, you know, as you talked about, you know, being in church a lot, you know, I know that life, you know, so well myself, you know, being raised and my mother's a minister of music. So, you know, we were in church from can till can't. Oh, and yeah. So, uh, so I, I understand that life, but I think really that firm foundation really allows us to be successful in our life because we hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, uh, if you don't mind talking a little bit about, you know, your experience uh, in your career, you know, how some of the cool things that you were blessed to experience, you know, I know rookie of the year playing and, you know, some amazing programs, you know, and I don't say teams, I say programs because I think, you know, the Yankees and the Astros are, are amazing programs uh, the championships, uh, yeah. all-stars, you know, just being able to be, play with and learn from some of the greats in the game. Uh, how was that experience for you? Yeah, it was, it, I, you know, you asked me that question and all I can say is, man, I just felt so blessed, right? Yeah. I, I, just to, to be drafted uh, was amazing. It was a dream of mine to, to hopefully one day be able to play in the big leagues and to be able to accomplish that when that day you get drafted. And then going with a great organization uh, with the Yankees, you know, as I did. And then uh, just to be able to, like you said, you started talking about, you know, the championships. So to be able to go through the minor leagues and, and then have your eyes set on, man, wouldn't it be amazing to, to get to a World Series and to win a World Series? And at that time, the Yankees hadn't won a World Series, I think, since the 70s, whenever I came up with some of the, the guys that I came up with. And to be able to play with two, you know, Hall of Famers and be great friends now, Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter, um, who I came up with through the minor leagues. And then we kind of came in at the same time and um, just kind of just to, to go to, to the field each day and to play alongside the guys like that. Uh, it, it was remarkable. And, and, you know, some of the greatest moments, you know, I think, you know, you kind of mentioned what are some of my, you know, special moments in my career. And I, I have so many of them. I had a chance to play in eight World Series, you know, and we, I won, we won five of them. Um, and so just, you know, how blessed is that in an 18-year career to be able to go that many times to a World Series? Um, but, of course, I always have to talk about in 1996, you know, I was, I believe, 23 years old. That was my first uh, World Series to make it to. Um, we made it to the playoffs in 1995 and got knocked out in the first round. 96 made it to the World Series. And I was able to stay, start game one of the World Series against the Atlanta Braves. Um, and it was a disaster. Uh, I got knocked out of the game in like the third inning, gave up seven runs, uh, but then was able to come back in Atlanta in Fulton County. It was the last start uh, or the last game ever played in Atlanta. And I was able to pitch uh, a complete game, or I'm sorry, almost a complete game. I went eight and a third innings against another Christian brother, John Smoltz, who pitched for Atlanta. And uh, we won that game one to nothing. And so that was kind of like a signature moment, uh, you know, for me to always be able to look back on that and know uh, whenever I went through tough times and struggles that I could always fall back on that game. Because after losing game one, like I did, and getting beat up by the New York media and the fans and being booed off the field after game one, and then to be able to come back and do what I did in game six 
in Atlanta in a hostile environment. They had the tomahawk chop going the whole game, you know, back then. It's kind of a, a cool atmosphere. So that was a huge moment for me, and that was a special moment. All those championships were, were, were great moments. But one thing that I really feel blessed by is just at the end of my career, literally the last month of my career in 2013, two of the just most memorable things, and obviously it's late in my career, so those are going to be memorable, I think. But I was able to go out, and if you're a fan of baseball, you probably saw it. But me and Derek Jeter went out and took Mariano Rivera out of the game, uh, his final game at Yankee Stadium. And that, that was just a great moment. It, it, I, you know, I went out there, I took the ball from Mo, and if you didn't see it, he kind of he hugs me and he's holding on to me and he starts crying, you know, he starts bawling. Uh, and, and I'm patting him on his back and I start kissing his cheek. It's literally where I feel like we're standing there for like two minutes. And it was just an awkward, it was an awkward situation, but it was, it was great. It was a great moment uh, in baseball for me. And then one other one, just my last start of my career, uh, I was able to make it in Houston. Um, it was in front of my home uh, fans. It was in front of my parents my family, uh, all my friends, people that had never had a chance to see me pitch before uh, because we never really came through Houston. And if we did, I didn't get to pitch here. But I made a, my final start of my career, and I threw a complete game. And it had been seven years since I had thrown a complete game. And so if that's not a God thing, I don't know what it is. So, I mean, just feel really blessed and fortunate about some of the stuff that God allowed me to do uh, my last year, my last month of my career. That's a good, that's a good word. You know, you started with and ended with blessed. Uh, you know, that's a great word. I think if we can, you know, feel that way in all situations we're in, I think we'll be all right. All right. That's right. Well, what are three things that you've accomplished in your life that you're proud of? Uh, well, I would say I'm proud. You know, first thing I think of is my family. Yeah. Um, I talked about my kids. Um, I'm proud of I'm proud of my my kids. I'm proud of my boys. Uh, you know, once you you see them off and they go off to college and you see the way they handle things, um, you realize you know that you know they're not perfect, but you realize okay, we've we've done all right, Laura. You know, we, the, the boys are they're in they're heading in the right direction, right? And and my daughter, I feel the exact same way about. Um, and so I'm just extremely proud of my kids. Now I still got a 14 year old in the house that we got to launch out of here too. So we'll, <laughs> we're going to stay, you know, I'll evaluate that. Uh, yeah. you know, we're going to stay on Luke pretty good. So uh, ho hopefully Luke um, continues to, to, to follow the Lord and, and loves the Lord. I know as he does right now, uh, but it's always scary until they get out on their own and you see how they're going to do and you got their friends and the peer pressure and stuff like that. And, and really, how are you going to stand as a Christian young lady or as a Christian young man whenever your kids, your buddies are going to take off and go drink or they're going to do the wrong things or take it too far with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, and stuff like that. So those are the things that you, you really want to try to instill in your kids and, and, and just really proud of them uh, for that. Um the other thing I, I would say now that I look back, I'm proud of, of my career. I'm proud of what I was able to do uh, in my career. Um, you always, I think, when you look back, you'd always say, man, I wish I could have done even more. I wish I would have been even more outspoken. Uh, 
but but I'm proud of that I was different in the locker room. Um, that that as a Christian man, I, I walked differently and I looked different, and and I think we're called to do that. And, and so God gave me great opportunities to share Him with my teammates, and and so I, I'm you know as I look back and I, and I think about my career and stuff. I'm proud of the the things that I was able to accomplish with a guy that I feel like that, you know, wasn't a high draft pick. I was a 22nd round draft pick. Um, you know, so I wasn't a big bonus baby. I wasn't the Yankees prized possession. Um, I think God gave me a, a will uh, and a desire to win. Um, and, and that, that really carried me and excelled, you know, got me to the level that I needed to get to. And then of course he blessed me with talent, but none of my pitches really stood out as far as like, this guy's got a wipeout pitch that makes him, you know, dominant. So I'm proud of what the, the, the mediocre talent, I would say that God gave me what I was able to, to, to do that with. And um, that's a tough question. I mean, three of them, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I guess I'm proud of, of maybe just how God kind of wired me to be kind of content. Um, I wasn't very content with, with in baseball when I played as far as if my performance was subpar, I wasn't content with that. And that was, that was a struggle for me. Um, it, it, that, that was a struggle a lot of times with baseball and how great I want to be. Uh, and not bringing it home, you know, yeah. but in retirement, I just, I'm good. I, I know a lot of people struggle in retirement when they lose the, 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 the spotlight, I guess, or the attention being on them, but I'm so content with my life and being a dad and being a husband and being a, a grandfather now, which I, I, he, she calls me pops, which I love. So I'm not grandpa or anything like that. So I feel like I got a kind of a cool name. Um, but just, I, I, I'm very content with where God's got me at right now. And, and, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm proud about that. Those are definitely uh, three things to be uh, super proud of. And, you know, just so you know, if you would have stopped at two, they really still be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but then when you throw God in there and, and I like how you put that, you know, you know, how God wired me and, yeah. and that's, a, that's amazing. And, you know, I would consider, you know, those things that you're proud of and the things that you've been blessed to do to be hugely successful. How important has your faith been to your success? Oh, I mean, man, it is, it, it's been the key to it. Um, it, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, you know, my faith has carried me through my career, uh, no doubt about it. it. But it's just such a, especially playing in New York, it's such a roller coaster ride if you let it be. Um, and so for me, if I didn't have that foundation of, of Jesus Christ and knowing that, it's going to be okay knowing that I'm a child of God, knowing that, that he's got a plan for my life. I, I could have, I really, I, I don't know how people make it. Um, just, just cause the, the stress, the stress level is, is real, you know, especially, especially once you have success and the expectations uh, of, of, of New York and of the fans and, and it's awesome. 
it, it, but but it can really it can like I said earlier it can it can eat you alive if you're not having the success that that you're expected to have um, you know and so for me to just always know that you know whether I won four games in a row or whether I had lost four games in a row what what is this all about and and trying to remember what it's all about and 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 sometimes it was hard for me to do but it, it was all about and from the time I got to the big leagues I knew God had his hand on me and and for me it was about building relationships with my teammates and and trying to show people Jesus and 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 I always tried to uh, share him when I had the opportunity and give him the praise and the glory for every victory that I've got. And every time I was able to get accolades or, or win an MVP, like you said, or go to an all-star game or win a world series game, it, they, they, it's just intertwined. It was like, man, I could not have done this without my relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, he gave me the peace to be able to go out there and perform um, and the situations and the high stress situations that I did, uh, to be able to relax, to be able to control my emotions. Um, I mean, out in some of the toughest times and some of the toughest games, I mean, I would be in the dugout singing hymns, you know, or out there on the mound, just kind of humming praise and worship songs in my mind and saying, Lord, I ain't getting through this right now without you, without you being able to make me stop shaking right now, you know, whenever the base is loaded and one out and you got to make a pitch, you know, I, I can't do this without you. So, I, I mean, literally that's, that's where I was. I mean, that was the things that were going on uh, with me. Now, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that. I mean, but I tried, that is what I tried to do. And that's the way I tried to live my life. I tried to walk differently. I tried to talk differently. Uh, and I tried to be a, a hopefully an example of, of Jesus Christ, you know, and as I walked through my Astro years, my Yankee years, or, or even now as a coach, um, you know, in high school, that is what I do. I coach. And then I also am working with the Yankees uh, and I go around the minor league. So, man, I just want to share Jesus Christ. And I, I just feel like no matter if things are good or bad, when you have Jesus Christ living in your heart, you're going to have joy. And, and, uh, and I feel like he gives me joy and he gave me joy in my career. Um, and, and it really helped me tremendously. That's it. I love that. I love how you put that all together. And, you know, just hearing you talking about, you know, the highs and lows and the New York and the different things, singing the hymns on the mound and, you know, those kind of things it, it makes me think of, you know, how storms come in our life, right? You know, we have storms, you know, whether it be highs, lows, whatever, but if we're deeply rooted, you know, with the firm foundation, it doesn't matter what storm comes, we're going to be okay. That's right. You know, highs or lows. And I think, again, we go back to the magic B word, like you said a couple of times, blessed. It yeah. allows you to feel blessed and be blessed. But then even bigger than that, Man, it allows you to be a blessing to others. Amen. Yes, sir. Well, what are some of the things? I know you talked about some things as far as the hymns and stuff. What are some specific things that you've done over the years to grow your faith? Well, I mean, I think just kind of the, the basics, right? I mean, trying to stay in the Word, yeah. um, you know, trying to, to do devotionals, um, you know, at a young age, you know, especially in the minor, in, in, in the 
when I got to the big leagues early in my career, uh, some of those teams we would have, you know, after batting practice, we'd have a group of believers and we would try to go do a little Devo time, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of looking back and, and, and you know, uh, I had some guys, not a whole lot of Christian brothers, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, ones that you kind of put your hand around and your arm around and they'll kind of carry you through. And so little things like that, um, you know, I stayed, stayed, me and my wife stayed heavily involved in the church in the off season when we came home. Um, you know, I would teach Sunday school classes, uh, and stuff like that. Again, my family was really, really in the ministry on my wife's side. So church was always, just in the forefront of our mind and a huge part uh, of what our, our being was, was, you know, was just focusing on God and, and growing, but uh, you know, more than just doing, you know, reading the Bible, having, you know, witnessing the people, having time with other bro brothers, you know, where you can kind of iron sharpens iron and, 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 you know, that's all that stuff, right is going to help you grow. And as you get older, you're just going to grow in your faith. But I think the biggest thing, you know, Chip, for me has been just how you talked about the, the, the good times and the bad times, but just how faithful God is. And, and as a, as a 48 year old man, now I, you've walked through so many storms. Yeah. Your faith grows when you just see God continue to come through. And when, when you when you feel like that, there's no way that any good can come from this situation, God, what in the heck are you doing? You know, but then yet he brings you through it and 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 things are OK. And and usually they're 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 better than OK. And so for me, every time that happens, I mean, my faith just like it, it just it just grows. I, I mean, it just like don't tell me there's not a God. You know, I mean, just, yeah, and, and, and so the way the Holy Spirit talks to me and works through me and, 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 you know, I, I just, you know, I, all that just kind of, I feel like over the years has kind of helped me grow in, in, you know, in my faith. I love that too. You know, I, I think, you know, you explaining that it shows that it's okay to, to stay deeply rooted. It's okay to stay you know, firm in your foundation, regardless of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's okay to understand that uh, reps make you better. Oh, yeah. You know, well, I, if, if we don't, you know, it's just like Psalms, you know, 1-5, I believe, talks about something about the tree being planted by the stream, right? Mm -hmm. And just it, 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 it prospers fruit in, in season and if you if that tree doesn't get the water it wilters up right and i mean it's just literally if we don't get the word if we don't get jesus if we don't get it fed to us as christians we're going to wilt up i mean our hearts our minds will harden up any one of us that don't spend time if we go several months without you know, devotion time or the word, we know, I mean, you know that you get away from Jesus, you know? So it's just, it's just, uh, it's so important for us to stay entrenched in God's word and in meditating with him and talking with him daily. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So now, um, I was going to say now, now to the, to the fun part, but it's all been fun for me and I'm grateful for the opportunity, but, uh, what I'm going to do now is just, I'm going to throw out some words or phrases and uh, if you don't mind, you know, just talk about what comes to mind when you hear these words or phrases. 
You know, it could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be a concept that you have in your life. But uh, the first one is quality relationships. Quality relationships. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, so just whatever I first think of when you say that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever come, whatever comes to you when you because you mentioned about <laughs> relationships. Quality. Um, I mean, for me, that would just be some of my Christian brothers that yeah. that kind of help carry me and push me, uh, and and you know that that you kind of have my brothers that I have grown up with that in mm -hmm. high school that were, you know, friends of mine in church back then. And they're still my Christian brothers right now. I mean, so that would be, th those are my quality relationships right there. I mean, those are the race. Those are the relationships that sustain forever that have been there for 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, and so that's what I would kind of think of when you say that. Okay. All right. The next one is, Sports, faith, and life. Sports, faith, and life. Well, as a professional athlete, I would say they all have to be right there intertwined together, you know? Mm -hmm. And 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 that I feel like that was my life. <laughs> you know, that was that was you know, that was my life. It, it all it all just worked together from from playing the game to being a trying to be the best husband I can to try and to filter that down and feed that down to our kids and to show them what is important. Um, you know, like I've got three boys, they all want to play big in the big leagues, right? They saw their dad do it. Um, and, and, and so to show them that, that, you know, if the big leagues doesn't work out, God's got plans for your life. You know, I mean, he's going to put you where he wants you. And so that's been a thing that I've had to walk through with my family, uh, with my oldest, with my oldest, my oldest two boys. Um, you know, my second son has an opportunity to still go on and maybe play professional baseball if, if he's been if he's blessed enough to do that. My oldest son had great ability. My oldest son had four elbow surgeries while he was in college, you know, and it's just like, you know, you know, God, why, why, you know, why, why did that happen? Why couldn't he stay healthy? You know? Um, and so anyhow, I kind of went off on a rabbit trail on that, but that's kind of, you say that that's, I don't know how if these are supposed to be 10 second answers, but that's kind of what I'm throwing out there. <laughs> no, Andy, Andy, you take whatever time you want, brother. Right, okay. Right. How about that? <laughs> no. Uh, and then the last one, I'm going to pause a little bit before I hit you with this one. Cause, cause this is the good one right here. Okay. No, Deep thinker, so we gotta be careful. <laughs> Let's get it, man. Let's get it. All right. So, so the last one is legacy. Legacy. Well, that's you know that's that's pretty pretty simple uh, for me because I've I've thought about that a lot. I've had a lot a lot of people talk to me about that. What do you you want to leave? And mm -hmm. and you know, um, man, my legacy. I, I want it to be this guy loved the Lord. And when I think about my teammates and think about, um, you know, my baseball career, the legacy that I wanted to leave was this guy cared about his team. He cared about relationships. Um, and, and he was a competitor. He was ready. He was prepared. He got after it. He was a Christian, but he wasn't a wimp. A lot of times I feel like that, you know, people want to call Christians passive and, yeah. and 
I, I know a lot of people that have watched me perform. They, they definitely, I'm not passive out there on the mound. And no. I wasn't passive in the clubhouse. Uh, no. I wasn't passive in between innings. If, if I didn't feel like somebody was playing the game the right way or getting after it, I mean, we were going to be screaming and hollering at each other. Uh, and so, but then just the legacy um, as far as just with my family and my kids, I hope that they just will look at, at dad as a, as a man that just loved the Lord and cared about his family and just wanted to glorify Jesus and everything that he did. And uh, those were the things that were really important to me. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for, you know, those were the questions that I had. I got a couple yeah. questions here uh, in the chat box. If you don't mind, we can go ahead and go through those. Yeah. Um, the first question uh, from Jay Darnell, uh, were there ever times you felt like you needed to push the topic of God in clubhouse to somebody or just let it come naturally? Yeah. So real quickly, I learned that, that I never tried to push it. I didn't. I, I tried to just always let it come naturally. And um, I felt like that was really, really the best way um, to do it. So I, I felt like God gave me a, a learning lesson real early in my career. I had a, 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 one of the guys on our team that was more of a veteran player whenever I was 23, 24 years old. So I was a younger player, strong Christian believer, but really confronted a lot of guys and, and would call guys out. And I, I really saw him, I didn't think, be effective in the clubhouse when you're dealing with professional baseball players. I don't know how it would be in, with, uh, in other sports, but um, I, it just, I just didn't feel like that his approach was, was very effective. Um, I felt like I could definitely – everybody knew where I stood. And as a young, you know, 22, 23-year-old first-year player, uh, it was tough. It, it was – I took – you know, it was a rough crowd when I first came up in the big leagues with some of the guys that were 35 to 38 years old or so. I had a rough crowd. So for me, I would say in the sports set, a setting, especially with adults, the, the approach for me is just always make it just be natural. And God is going to give you those opportunities. You don't have to go around and force and, and you know, call people out. Um, especially grown men. I just don't think that works. God, God, if you pray for it and you, you walk it, God will give you the opportunity uh, and, and listen to people. Uh, instead of always wanting to talk, listen to people and, and let people know that you care about them. If people do talk to you and they ask you to pray for them or you tell them you'll pray uh, for them, make sure you follow up on that. Make sure that they know that, that, you're a man of your word and you are praying for him. And, and you went, you, you'll win a lot of people like that. I promise you. That's awesome. And I also think too, just to add on that, you know, I think uh, by your actions that people can see the God in you. For sure. For sure. You know, just by you, how you carry yourself and how you treat people and, and yep. just, you know, just by what you do, you know, and actions speak louder than words. Yes, that right. Uh, second question here. Um, do you enjoy playing or coaching better and which is more fulfilling? Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed playing. <laughs> playing <more. laughs> I, I did. Uh, I just, I love the competition. I, I, I really did. I love the competition and I miss the work. I, I was a worker. I, I loved to go to work. I, I love to go and, and to, to, 
to try to get better at my craft. I love getting on the mound and, and trying to get better and doing my bullpens. And I just, I love every bit of that. So I enjoy coaching. Um, I, I don't feel like, I mean, I, I, I love coaching. I, I feel like I do a good job with the kids. I don't feel like I'm a great, great coach. I, I don't know. I just don't be, I mean, I, I, I feel, I just feel, I don't feel like I'm a great coach, you know? So, uh, but I, it, it's definitely fulfilling when you have the opportunity uh, to really feel like that you've really kind of impacted some of these kids, you know, and, and you want to impact every single kid and you want every kid to have success. So coaching can be very frustrating uh, at times because you have a group of kids and, and you're trying to, to kind of mold them and shape them in a certain way. And so if you let it, it'll really, I mean, it can drive you crazy if you don't kind of see, you know, the player turning into what you hoped he would turn into or whatever. Um, so for me, definitely playing was, was definitely uh, more fulfilling, I would say, but it's been fun in retirement. I was able to coach my second son for two years in high school. He was gone for three years and I loved coaching more without my son being on the team. Uh, just, you know, I guess just because he's my son, maybe a little tougher on him. And then now this year, my youngest son is coming into the program. And so the next three years is probably going to be a nightmare for me. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm going to enjoy it. That's for sure. That's awesome. So in being respectful of time, you know, your time and the time of the people here, we'll go one more question, if that's okay with you, uh, Jamie. Then we'll, we'll get us off. Okay. All right. So the, the last question we'll go here is uh, from Coach Powell. Being a father of two small boys, how did you balance faith, family, and work at such a high level? Yeah, so it was tough. Obviously, I had a wonderful, wonderful uh, wife, but I just I tried as hard as I could to just stay engaged with them. Um, and, you know, on the phone, um, you know, phones obviously came out at the time, especially, you know, with my oldest son, Josh. Um just sending him devotionals every morning. Um, he, you know, he had a phone, I think when he was in seventh grade or something like that. And, and, you know, it's been a while now, but that was one way that I was really able, I felt like to be able to just stay engaged with him. Um, but it's difficult. And, um, you know, the traveling was hard. So every chance I got, I, I would fly home on an off day to just make sure that, I mean, they knew that when dad was available, he was going to be with them. You know, uh, it was hard. It probably shortened my career a little bit. Um, you know, I would travel from New York down to Houston and go meet the team in Chicago. And I would be home for, I would be home for 18 hours, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it was a crazy, crazy schedule for, for a lot of years. Um, you know, we tried the homeschooling thing for one year, uh, that lasted about two weeks and we hired a homeschool teacher. <laughs> My wife said, no way. I mean, so that didn't work. <laughs> so, uh, so anyhow, it's, it's tough. But you know what, I, like my pastor said, you know, one of my pastors in, in Tampa, that is a dear friend of mine, you know, God's going to take care of your kids, man. God, God will take care of your kids. You cover them up in prayer. You and your wife try to instill in them godly values and truths. God's going to take care of your kids. And, and man, he's been faithful to do that. That's awesome. Well, again, I want to say thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with me and answer the questions. And uh, thanks so much to, to Jamie and Coach Moore. 
and FCA for giving me the opportunity uh, to do this and interview today. So thank you. You bet. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Uh, Andy, thanks again, man. What a, a powerful testimony. Real quick, uh, I've got one, uh, one question for you. Give us, uh, on the way out here, give us uh, a funny story uh, of something that you did or happened during your career, maybe a blooper, baseball blooper. Okay. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, I don't feel like I've got a whole lot of funny stuff. But one, one, so this is not about me. It's about when I, it was when I was with the Astros in, in 2005. So it's a Lance Berkman story, who is a good Christian brother who I love dearly. But I'm pitching for the Astros. We're in Baltimore. And I believe I picked a guy off of first base. And there was only one out. I pick a guy off first base. Lance is coming back from a lot of knee surgery. He's probably had eight knee surgeries in his career. You know, I mean, this guy seems like he's getting scope on his knee every other every other week. But a huge part of our team, obviously a great hitter. And so anyhow, I pick a guy off of, of first base. He does the rundown. And Lance ends up tagging him out. And when he did, he just put his head down and started running off the field. And so he's got to run by the pitcher's mound. And because that's the, we're on the third base in Baltimore, we're on the third base dugout is where the visitor's dugout is. So Lance, as he's jogging off, looks up right before he gets to the foul line, foul line over there of a third base dugout. And he, he realizes that there was only two outs. So he goes to the ground. He falls down. And so we're like, oh, my gosh. He just blew his knee out again. Like, he, and, and, and so anyhow, he goes to the ground. The trainers come running out there, and he's holding on to his knee. And the trainer comes running out there. And I, I kid you not, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, our season's over. If this dude blew his knee out again, we've got no chance to win because our lineup's not very good. This is he's the greatest, one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen. And so I'm like talking to Chris Burke, I think, our shortstop, Adam Everett. I'm like, dude, this is a disaster. I think he blew his knee out, you know. And so – Trainer comes out there. He gets up. He walks back by me. I'm like, dude, what in the world? What happened? He goes, dude, I forgot how many outs there were, so I just figured I'd fall down and act like my knee was hurting. So those <laughs> Lance, Lance was famous for. I mean, uh, he did the same thing. I mean, real quick again, he did the same thing in Chicago. He acted like he got hit in the head with a pitch in Chicago, and they started showing the replay throughout the stands in the stadium and the fans all of a sudden to start booing and Lance is on the ground trying to ham it up, acting like he got hit so he could get a rally going and get to first base. Well, they're showing the slow-mo throughout the crowd in Chicago and the crowd is just going crazy. And Lance is on the ground talking to the trainer going, that ball didn't hit me, dude. I think they're showing it on the screens around the stadium. So anyhow, Lance is always <laughs> – I don't have a lot of great stories, but I could say a thousand Lance Berkey great stories. <laughs> That's um. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, again, just, uh, man, uh, you've been fantastic this morning sharing your time, Andy, and we appreciate that so much. Appreciate you and uh, and the legacy that you have left. Uh, I know it's been fun to get to know you at DBU with our girls playing volleyball and um, – and a funny story uh, about uh, about that situation when um, when Lexi was, I guess, being recruited and coming in, and you guys were on a visit. Um, the coach said, "Hey, will you will you mind? Do you know who Andy Pettit is?" And 
I said, yeah. And she said, would you mind visiting with him when he gets here? They're coming to watch a game tonight. And I said, yeah, I know. I mean, he doesn't know me, but I know him. But And, and you were so kind just to sit and visit. I, I had a great visit with you that yeah. night. So you're always generous with your time. And, uh, and so we just want to say thanks for what you do for not only Houston, youth sports, high school sports, but, but the legacy that you've left uh, in weaving your faith uh, into sport um, and your family. So appreciate you, brother. I'm going to ask Coach Carson. Chip, thanks again for uh, sharing your time and yes, what a sir. great job you did. We'll get, uh, we're going to post the video. I'm going to send it to Chip, let him work his magic and edit, and, uh, and we'll post it. We'll let Chip post it as well. But I've asked Coach Carson, Richard Carson, longtime uh, coach in, in our community. And uh, Coach Carson, would you mind praying us out? Uh, and just ask a special blessing over Andy and his family and his son uh, as he's recovering from surgery. Got to unmute, brother. All right, I'll praise right. And Andy, I will say this. I'm jealous because all my buddies have grandkids. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to be 57. I don't have one. And so uh, you gotta and for you, you to have one, I almost like just shut the thing off because they all give me a hard time about no grandkids. So oh, they are they are amazing, and I'm, I I love her more than I love my kids. I'll admit it. They know. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what I hear. So, well, I'm gonna pray us out, Lord. All we right. just thank you for the the opportunity again to just gather uh, in a way we you know we had never thought of, but just to gather together as as believers, Lord. And I just. Just thank you for this great opportunity and the coaches and, and the FCA staff who are faithful and the coaches who are faithful to um, to be here, Lord. And I just, uh, Lord, I just thank you uh, for Andy and the and the great example he's been and just reminding us because uh, we all just struggle, Lord, with with balance and work and and family and football and baseball and whatever sport we've got going, Lord. And I just. I just thank you for the the reminder and just that that number one to keep you first and to be that example and that that is the most important legacy that that we will leave, Lord. And Lord, I just pray uh, I just pray for everybody on this call right now, Lord. I just pray your hand of blessing over them, your hand of protection over them, and and Lord, I just pray that that we will be the men and women that you called us to be. That, yes. that we'll will be. Uh, an example for you and the things we say and do. Lord, just thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Amen. Andy. Praying for you. Love you, brother. We'll see you soon. Okay, guys. God bless y'all. Thanks, Chip. Thank you. Go get it. Take All right. care. All right, bye-bye.